Hi sister, welcome to Women's Collective Consciousness Podcast. I'm Ridden Fabrianti, or most people call me Ri. I'm your host for this podcast, also founder of Women's Collective Consciousness, a mother menstrual cycle coach, yoga teacher, and Pilates instructor based in Melbourne, Australia. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the tradition custodian of the land where I record this podcast. I pay my respect to the elders past, present, and future. I also like to acknowledge to everyone who listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about remembering, relearning, reconnecting, and reclaiming the power of the wisdom as a woman and the magic as a cyclical being. We will unpacking the conversation around women's cycle, health, wellness, and well-being. And today we have really spicy conversation with Adiba. We're gonna talk all about women's mental health and body image. So let's dig in into our conversation. Hi, Adi. Hello. Oh, it's so nice to see you again. Oh, well, hearing your voice. <laughs> yeah it's nice to hear yours too it's been a uh, while mm, it has um eddie this is so exciting uh, what we're gonna have in today for our conversation but before we dig in into our conversation i just want you to we're gonna do some ch- cycle check-in and then oh. what day are you in in your cycle and what phase are you in in your woman's hood? Mm. Um, I'm day, I think I'm 15. I'm just looking at my chart. Yeah, so day 15. I usually, my um, thermometer actually broke, so I haven't been charting my basal body temperature, so kind of don't know when I'm ovulating. Um you know, because I use that as a pretty, um, like I rely on that as a sign. But I've got a little bit of ovulation pain on my right side today. My cervical fluid like had a day off and now it's come back. So I think think it's happening today um, or around, you know, this time. Um, How am I feeling? Honestly, I'm, I'm in my inner summer, but I don't feel like it at all. I feel pretty scattered and pretty um ungrounded I would say I started bleeding pretty much just as we got home from overseas so just off like a 30 hour flight slash stopover (laughs) home and then started bleeding so I think I'm just a bit like I don't know I'm not haven't been very um present and grounded this whole cycle so I'm still feeling that which makes me a bit nervous for autumn (laughs) see how that goes um and in my womanhood I am in my mother or lover years I am 27 so yeah crossed over in the last few years but definitely feel like I'm kind of still in that transition period. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Oh my God, I hear you so much. <sighs> it's beautiful. You know, summer doesn't have to be summer, right? It's maybe just mm. finding that connection again. So it's beautiful. 
Uh, I am on my day 25 of my cycle today, so I'm just in my autumn. But yeah. funny fact about me is I love my autumn. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> so good. <laughs> we talked about it before. Yeah, I love my autumn. And then it's so funny. Like, I think in my autumn, I'm more cheerful. <laughs> then usually I am in summer like in summer I just want to be in my cocoon like I want to taking care of myself when when this my autumn is arrived I'll be like yes let's do this and then I went to reformer class this morning <laughs> the instructor which is my friend is like Are you okay you smashed it and then I was like come on keep moving <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Yeah. Or maybe that's what mine's like this cycle. <laughs> a bit of a switch. Yeah. Uh, so, Eddie, let's move on. So, let's introduce you to the listeners. What do you do? And then, who are you? And then, you know, like, what do you do in this world to support the collective consciousness amongst moments? Okay, let me think. Who am I? I always get so like <laughs> just stuck with this question just because it's such a big question. Um, so I am a menstrual cycle coach and a psychology student. I will be finishing my undergraduate degree in psychology in like three months, which is so exciting. Um I would say like when I started this kind of, um, I guess, supporting women work, it started in wanting to be a counsellor or a psychologist. So that's why I started my degree. Um, yeah, the aim was originally to do psychology, but now I'm leaning more towards counselling and integrating menstrual cycle awareness with that. Um So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I'm just playing around seeing what works, but I really want to support women to connect with their cycles but also at a mental capacity. So, you know, with mental health, um, I've struggled myself with mental health and body image and um, eating disorder. So I think work in that realm is just like really, really close to my heart and where I want to be. Um, but I also just love being in spaces where women support women. So, um, yeah, you know, lifting other women up and and just supporting each other to be what we, you know, dreamt to be. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what I do. Um, that didn't really answer who I am. <laughs> so who am I? I guess, I don't know, who am I? I'm a very caring person. I'm very emotional and sensitive um I'm definitely very sensitive I love traveling and camping is like my favorite thing to do ever um I love getting out in nature pretty much anything outside I'm I'm pretty happy to do unless it's adventurous um you know like <laughs> white water rafting or anything I'm not into that um 
I love animals. I love my dogs. And yeah, I live with my partner in the Northern Rivers. And that's, I think, a little, you know, summary of me. Amazing. I love that. Um, so you mentioned about your struggling about with the mental health, body image, and eating disorder. Can you just speak about it? What is your journey with that mental health, body image, and eating disorder? Yeah. Um, so I think my mental health journey kind of started. I was actually reflecting on this the other day, trying to figure out when the first time was that I had, you know, something come up that was more than just the usual sadness or, um, you know, feelings that everyone experiences. And I think probably through high school, I definitely had, you know, a tendency to be anxious, like a social anxiety kind of um, thing underlying. And, you know, being in school, obviously you're around people all the time. So that's quite a hard thing to be for someone who's socially anxious. But I, had no idea what it was in school. Um, so I just kind of, you know, kept plodding along. And um, I think it came up again realistically after my dad left. I really went into like a, I guess, protection mode of my family and really suppressed my own emotions just to get through that time. And then when I went overseas, that's when all my anxiety just came out. I, I went traveling for 10 months and it was, you know, the first time traveling by myself and it all just, yeah, really bubbled to the surface. And yeah, I really experienced a lot of the suppressed um, emotions and experiences all throughout that time traveling, which was super difficult. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I got home and, and the anxiety kind of settled a bit and then it manifested into an eating disorder. So, yeah, that was, you know, I've always had body image issues underlying all throughout my life, um, never to the point where I dieted or, you know, changed my eating or anything like that. But at this point I just I remember looking in the mirror and just being like, I'm so disgusted with how I look that I need to change. And, you know, that was in my mind at the time. The only way to change was through diet and losing weight and um, exercise rather than a mindset change, which I now know is um, actually what <laughs> what is the, um, I guess, the, the way to go for something like an eating disorder. Um, yeah, so I'd say they're kind of my two things that I battle with a bit is anxiety and I have history of an eating disorder. It's not really active anymore. Um, but, yeah, you know, these things come in waves and and show up every now and then. Mm. Oh, speak to hear that, Eddie. Um, yeah, totally. And then I think... Most of women can rely off this because obviously the body image and eating disorder is happening in all of us. Again, I think I have experienced that too, um, especially when I'm talking with lots of mom after they 
you know, like postnatally and then they didn't get the body back into the shape where was before the pregnancy and mm. everything. Um, but what is really changed my mindset a few years ago? I was here with this uh, Jane Hartwick Collins said, the menstrual shame is led to the body shame and all the matters to psychological issue and the root of the womb and all behavior, action and low self-esteem, self-harm, eating disorder and all this risky danger sexual making, it was mm. from the menstrual shame. Because when wow. we feel that the shame of our own menstrual cycle, it can lead into all those things. I don't know like that's interesting actually like that's yeah I I haven't heard that one before and I feel like my experience of my menstrual cycle when I was you know when I think of menstrual shame I just think of high school because I feel like that's really the peak of it but For me, I don't know, I just really didn't feel ashamed of my menstrual cycle or of having a period. I always felt kind of like it was this, I don't know, cool thing that happened to us and, um, yeah, like, I mean, there was definitely shaming going on, that's for sure, but I never felt, I never took that on, which is so interesting, but obviously took on the body shame part of it mm, 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 yeah it was um funny enough with me as well when I was experienced that it's actually when I feel that not really body image and shame but it's more like all right you know like I can't fit in into that jeans anymore and then yeah. I just don't want to buy any other jeans because that's my favorite jeans. Um, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so I have to fit in here. Um, yeah, and it was funny because when I did the work, what now we did, you know, like with Claire, and I just realizing as well from also my work through the journey of you know any other journey I think that wasn't that wasn't the shame of me that it show up in that times because I just realized that it's the shame of my mom shame of mm. her so it's like yeah it's like her <laughs> karma that I took into my body and then show up in certain yeah. times when I feel the disconnection yeah yeah it's it's huge when I do that work it was like like hey this is not my story this is her story you know like um and then I just have to face it and accept that that was in my rite of passage and move on with it and then buy the new pair of jeans (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes it's so true all of those things first of all holding on to the pair of jeans yeah, yes, I had to buy a new pair actually, and it's it's just annoying because you find a good pair 
and then you have to find another good pair. It's not easy to find a good pair. Um, and then in relation to, you know, like things that have been passed down from our mothers or our parents, I think like the time that we're growing up in now, obviously body image is changing so much and we're really, um, yeah, like diversifying bodies and accepting more whereas in that time it was like one body type that was acceptable and it was almost like this unconscious thing that was just fed into every part of the world you know and every woman felt that whether they did something about it or not um so yeah it it's it's almost unconscious until now totally can't be agree more than that um so what do you do in your experience of facing that healing journey using the menstrual cycle framework Mm. so my healing journey as in with just any any mental health thing Mm -hmm. yeah So I think with menstrual cycle awareness, the most valuable thing that I've taken from it is just the cycles and the seasons and that everything, you know, is a phase and builds upon the next. And I think just that way of thinking and understanding that everything's cyclic and not linear, you know, when you have something wrong with you in terms of, you know, you're going through like a a mental health struggle or Um, a health problem or something like that Um, there's this like linear way of thinking of just like progressively getting better and better and better but it really does not happen like that it's super unrealistic and I think understanding that there's different phases and different purposes for different phases within our cycles and then applying that to something like a healing journey um, we can really just give ourselves a break basically and go through the waves with a bit more grace and ease not to say that it's not really really hard sometimes um but it definitely just gives you a sense of trust to know that it'll pass and it might come again and you know at every level you're you're processing that at a deeper deeper and more integrated state Yeah, I remember you saying about the missing pieces from the counselling and through the, you know. The the missing pieces of the counselling. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's so like, I mean, a lot of psychology is based around male thinking just because they were the theorists back in the day and there's so much research and everything done on on all of these concepts and there's many female, um, I guess, you know, originated trains of thought. And so this kind of cyclic way of, of healing and of being and just existing in the world is, well, it's not taken into consideration in research, um, you know, because we're unpredictable, women are excluded from research and things like psychology and I'm sure other fields as well. So, 
yeah, I think by, you know, integrating the two, menstrual cycle awareness and psychology or counselling, we're really able to, like, just do it in a feminine way that is realistic for women and actually helpful and doesn't make you feel like you're just not getting anywhere, you're not improving. It's just like this. It's a different way of looking at it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's make it so clear once you're finding all that missing pieces, right? Mm. Finally, you can see the, the big, bigger picture and the whole. Yeah, and definitely, I like, yeah. I like to say to um, the clients that I'm working, working with, you are not broken. You don't have to fix things. You are mm. just finding that missing pieces to f- finding ourselves to be a whole. So, yeah. And then mm. I think menstrual cycle coaching, that's where we can finding that missing pieces and imply it to our life to show up into the world. You know, whichever mm. is meant to, you know, like to your family, to your work, to, you know, like whatever that you do, you know, to finding really your, also to finding your purpose in this life, really, that's the bigger thing. Because once we feel like there is missing pieces, there is like, I feel like when I find that it's missing pieces, I feel like the whole in in the picture. And then I was just like, where is the piece that I want to put it in? But, you know, like, obviously, once you change your own statement and your mindset, like, no, I'm not broken. That is, mm. picture is still whole, but sometimes we're just wearing different lenses of the glasses that, you know, like make make us feel blurry a little bit. And then we just need something like some help from mental cycle coaching or counseling or any energetic work or whatever that you want to do just to clean and wipe that lens off you know like mm. to see it that more clearly oh that was so beautiful yeah definitely mm. and I think as well it's certainly like a life's work I don't think you get to a certain point where you you just stop healing <laughs> I think it just goes forever and ever and you know, we'll continue on in our children because we will have passed things down to them and it and it just goes on. And that's why I think having this like cyclical view of mental health and um, you know, of dealing with these issues is so helpful because it gives us permission to fall down and get back up. You know, it's not shameful to just and you know, I say this, and I'm I'm telling myself this at the same time, but it's not shameful to to have a phase where you're struggling, and you know, it doesn't feel like it's getting better. It's it's going to pass, and you know, it like I said, it could come back again. But it's just that understanding that it comes, you know, in a cyclic way and and in phases. Mm-hmm. yeah totally agree so Eddie what what is would you able to share with the listener what is your difficulty that is come with comparing 
yourself as a cyclical being in this linear world, really? I think, oh, there's so many little aspects to it. Um, and maybe I'll just break it up into two categories. And one of them is like what we've spoken about just before is that linear way of healing of like, you know, you have something that you want to work on and you go and get help and then you have to incrementally improve from there basically. I just think that's super unrealistic and um, kind of like gives people false hope of healing and getting, you know, doing the work and helping themselves because you work up, it's so much effort and you get work up so much momentum to get to that point um, of improving. And then once you get there and, you know, you might drop off doing your practices or whatever it is that helps you and you could fall back into that place that you were in before. So, so devastating and so like just why am I here again? Like what did I do wrong? And yeah, I just think that's I've been in that place and it's really, really hard. Um, but if we look at it in a cyclical way, we can see it in a new lens and see it as, okay, there's something else here that I need to process um, or it's at a deeper level that I need to process this. It's with a new perspective on life because I have lived more, you know, from the first time that I experienced it. And it's just following that circle of resilience basically and of, um, you know, having a sensitive moment, spiralling down, finding the momentum to come back up again and then reaching that point of balance again until it happens again. So I think just having that knowledge of healing is cyclical and healing is a spiral rather than this linear thing that we just keep um, improving upon without any without any backtracking is super helpful and that's just helped me so much be more compassionate towards myself and and just lean into what I need to lean into. And then the other half of it, of the difficulty being, you know, cyclical in a linear world would probably just be, you know, the living the nine to five life when we're not. (laughs) Um, I think there's so much in that, but I think one that's been coming up lately for me is like just living, you know, with a man who his hormones are different and he works different and, you know, they have the spike testosterone in the morning which slowly decreases throughout the day and that's just like that's the cycle on repeat every day. And I think comparing, it can be hard to not compare yourself to that when you like you want to, you know, if achieve your goals or um I don't know even just things like self-care like your partner might be up for something that you just don't have the energy for and a lot of guilt and shame can come into that kind of like more restful way a more restful part of the cycle so I think going against the grain just in your household can be hard even if your partner 
is super understanding like mine is um, and like supportive. It's just, you know, it's a rewiring of of um, our expectations of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And do you have any tips for the listener how to face these difficulties? I would say my number one tip would be self-compassion. <laughs> self-compassion is huge and can be so beautifully used with menstrual cycle awareness. Um, should I say a bit about self-compassion, about what that is? Sure. So basically self-compassion is just meeting yourself with love and kindness in moments of suffering. Um, Kristen Neff does a lot of amazing work on self-compassion if you wanted to learn more about it. But I think, you know, having the menstrual cycle awareness piece and really being aware of what's happening in our body is the first step and then the second step being compassion compassionate to ourselves really you know makes that time of suffering we can lean into it more and um be kind to ourselves and give ourselves permission to do what we need to do rather than keep pushing against ourselves which is kind of what um, we're taught to do um and then i would say another tip would be to celebrate yourself and celebrate your cyclical nature, um, you know, in any way that you can, whether it's just doing simple things like cycle check-ins every morning or honouring your self-care or just, you know, having a moment of awe for your body. I think celebrating it um, really helps us to give strength in those moments where the comparison might be creeping in. Mm, mm, mm. yeah that is huge tips it's so simple but (laughs) to apply it that's a huge one oh well eddie we are it's almost at the end of our conversation today but before we go i just want you to answer this last question (laughs) what is the three things that you are grateful for being a woman Oh, I like that question. Um, Three things. I am grateful. I honestly just think it's our bodies are so amazing and to go through a cycle every month and have a period is, I just love it. (laughs) I really do enjoy it and I really do enjoy bleeding and going through all the phases. I think that's such a, yeah, something I'm really grateful for every day. I'm also grateful that we are different to men in the way that we need both. We need male and female. Um, we need the masculine and the feminine. And I just think, yeah, I'm I'm grateful to be a woman um, kind of balancing with this masculine energies, the masculine energies of my life. It's like my partner. I just feel like I I really enjoy that role and that feminine energy. And the third thing is what am I grateful for being a woman? I just think it's fun. (laughs) I know these are so simple, but I just think it's so fun, you know, like we, and that's totally a biased opinion because I, 
I am a woman, but you know, when I say fun, I just think of like dancing around the room, singing your favorite song, um, just yeah, just really leaning into that like playful maiden energy is such a gift and something I really love about being a woman. Mm, mm, I can really a hundred percent relate to that. <laughs> Yes, dancing around in the rain, please. <laughs> so I am in the morning. No, thank you. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> oh, well, Abby, thank you so much for the chat today. That was really wonderful. And if the listener would like to find you, where they can find you, where they can follow you. And oh, thank you so much for having me on. I I, this is my first podcast ever, so I was a bit nervous, but thank you for making me feel so comfortable and welcomed and just, you know, like we're having a normal chat. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been awesome. So thank you. And people can find me on Instagram. So I'm just Addy, which is A-D-D-Y dot inner rhythm. You can also find me on Substack, which I'm kind of in the process of transitioning over to. So that's Addy in a Rhythm. I think it's substack.com. You might need to check that. <laughs> and, yeah, or on my website, which is innerrhythmcycles.com. I'm, yeah, in all of those places. Awesome. I will put in the link bio everything that you do. And, yeah, thank you again for joining our conversation today. Oh, thanks so much, Ray. Mm, sister, thank you for joining us for powerful podcast episode. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Women's Collective Consciousness for the update of our next event, Women's Circle, Workshop and Gathering based in Melbourne, Australia. I also have a free gift for you to start your menstrual cycle journey. Check out our website www.womanscollectiveconsciousness.com to reclaim free guide how to cycle chart. If you enjoy to listen to this podcast, please share it with other women in your life. And I always learning, thriving, and evolving. So don't forget to leave a review and feedback. Thank you, beautiful.